Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello and welcome to the Healthy Herb Podcast, a place of information and inspiration for the home herbalist. I'm Bridget Doherty of the Soledago School of Herbalism, coming to you from a bridged island on the coast of Maine. In today's show, I'm talking about yarrow, an herb of warriors and wise women. Before we get started, I want you to know that I'm not a doctor nor do I diagnose or treat people. What I share is based on my own experience and what I have learned from my mentors. Ultimately, I want you to be empowered in seeking and achieving your own version of optimum health. I want you to be inspired to connect and relate to the common plants that grow all around you. Together, let's make home herbalism as common in the everyday household as cooking a healthy meal. Now, without further ado, let's have some fun and dig in. one of the top three herbs I would choose to have on a deserted island with me, theoretically, of course. Although many of the small islands off of this coast have yarrow growing along their shoreline. The herb tincture I use most often is yarrow tincture, as it is my go-to for first aid remedies, whether it's a cut or a bug bite or a tick bite, um, sore tooth or bleeding gums, colds, flus, infections, cat scratches, what have you. I usually first go to my yarrow tincture for any sort of first aid issue. And that has so many benefits. Not only that, but it grows abundantly around the world and definitely in Maine where I live. And I believe it probably, there's a good chance that it grows also where you live as well. Yarrow's botanical name is Achillea millifolium, and it's in the Asteraceae family, which was formerly known as the Compositae family. And these are plants, it's a huge family of plants, the Aster family of plants that all have composite flowers. So it looks like maybe there's one large flower, but each flower is made up of lots of little tiny flowers. Yarrow, you know, has this beautiful, almost like a lacy white flat top of flowers. It almost looks like it could be in an umbelliferae family because it has um, branching stems that lead up to the top flat flower. And the wild yarrow is white, or sometimes there's a light pink wild yarrow. But if you look really closely, at that one big flower head, it's made up of lots of little tiny flowers that have um, like a little yellow center to them. It's a very beautiful flower, I think. Um, some people might confuse it with Queen Anne's lace or, um, you know, caraway or flowers in that family, maybe valerian, potentially the hemlocks. Um, but you really would have to not be paying, paying very close attention because once you really get to know the look of yarrow, it's a much more compact flower. And it has a very um, thick, strong stalk that's 
almost impossible to pick unless you have scissors or a knife with you. It's very strong. It has a lot of silica in it. And then it has lots of little flowers. I mean, sorry, lots of little leaves um, going up the stem. And each leaf looks kind of feathery and that gets made up of a thousand other little leaf strands. And that is how Achillea millifolium, millifolium, got its name for the species, milla being thousand and folium being leaf, because each leaf looks like it could be made up of a thousand leaves. I wouldn't necessarily say a thousand leaves, but, um, you know, like of many leaves, basically. It grows in sun. It loves full sun, sunny edges of fields, um, in lawns. If you don't mow your lawn, or sometimes if you look at a mown lawn, you'll see that it's full of yarrow leaves. So that if you were to not mow the lawn, lots of yarrow would grow. Um, it loves gardens. It's a common garden weed. Open fields, roadsides, ditches wild um, wasteland, quote-unquote wastelands, <laughs> or mm, places, vacant, quote-unquote vacant lots, right? Places where maybe humans have been, but are not anymore. Yarrow could be found growing there. And other than the wild white or pale pink yarrow, there is now is a huge variety of cultivated yarrows that you can buy at a plant nursery. However, those I would not use medicinally. Um, generally, the more color the yarrow has, the more volatile oils it has and the harder it could be on the liver and kidneys. The white yarrow is perfect. And I even have recently seen a white cultivated cultivar of a yarrow. And again, I would just stick with the wild yarrow that has very nice pungent smell to it and leave the cultivated ones for wonderful landscape garden designs. There's also that really yellow yarrow, the moon glow yarrow that has the silver foliage that you can buy for perennial gardens. And that one's more cl almost closely related to tansy. And so that one's really high in volatile oils, has a really strong scent to it. Great as a deer resistant plant, because again, deer are not going to eat plants that are high in volatile oils, but not so great for medicine. So we're going to stick um, in this discussion and for making home remedies, we're going to stick with just the true wild white yarrow. Or if you have um, a pink yarrow that grows near you that's wild, that's okay as well. I did find, I think it was two summers ago, I don't know if it was last summer or the summer before, but it might have been last summer. I basically saw so much of the wild yarrow that is usually white in my area all had this like really kind of pink hue to it, very light pink. And it was, it was pretty noticeable and I just an interesting thing, but now I'm seeing just white yarrow again, quite interesting. I, sometimes I think that now, because there are so many different types of colored yarrows that are being grown for gardens that I'm wondering if they're crossbreeding with the wild yarrows being cross-pollinated by insects because they are insect pollinated. And if we're going to find more wild yarrows in time having colors to them because of this crossbreeding, possibly. The, the yarrow, even the wild yarrow is beneficial for gardens. So often if I find it growing as a weed, quote unquote, weed in gardens, I will often just let it grow because it is beautiful. Again, it's deer resistant and it's very nutrient rich. It's known as a dynamic accumulator. So it can really source out minerals in the soil and bring them up into its foliage. And then as it dies back, that foliage can leave those minerals right at the surface of the soil and accumulated to help nourish and the garden. 
it's I believe that there are some biodynamic um, sprays that include yarrow preparations that include yarrow as well as um, people like to add yarrow to compost because it has so nutrient rich. Achillea, the botanical name Achillea, um, is refers to Achilles, we believe. Although I have heard someone say that it could also be in reference to an ancient herbalist by the same name. Although it's most commonly said that it was named after Achilles. And we'll get into that in a moment. But what I find really interesting is that yarrow has been found in fossils um, of burial sites of 60,000-year-old Neanderthals. There was a burial site in Iraq that was found recently. And apparently the Neanderthal people were being laid to rest on beds of medicinal flowers or, you know, flowers in general. And one of them was identified as yarrow by the pollen. So we see this even in Neanderthal times, 60,000 years ago, this plant was being used in ceremony. And also, and who knows, it's very antiseptic, very antimicrobial. So it might have been a way of, you know, keeping some bacteria or insects out of the corpses, potentially. This is just my own personal theory. I'm not really sure. Um, But then 50,000-year-old Neanderthal dental tartar was examined by archaeologists in Spain, and it was shown to have yarrow in the tartar, signs of yarrow in this tartar. And the thought is that the Neanderthal person had eaten the yarrow, but yarrow, it's very bitter, very full of volatile oils. It's, yes, it does have some minerals, but it's not an herb that you're going to eat a lot of for food. Um, so the thought is that it was already at that point being used for medicine. So here we are, we're looking back 50,000, 60,000 years ago, and this plant was already well in use for ceremony and medicine, potentially, from the dawn of humans. This herb is really known, has historically been known as a warrior's plant. And that is how it is referred to with Achilles. Achilles, you know, there are so many wonderful mythological stories around Achilles. Achilles was the Greek god of war. And actually, I think he was part God and part human, or his mother was a mermaid and his father was Chiron. I'm not exactly sure. Maybe I should have done more research before I started talking about this. But anyway, Achilles, the stories are out there. But there are lots of stories entwined with Achilles that involve Yarrow. And I've heard a variety of them. Um, so one of my favorites is that, and less commonly known as a story with Achilles, but that he, his mother, and I guess this would be the mermaid mother or the water nymph, was concerned for him and his safety that when he was a baby, she held him by the, by the um, ankle and dipped him in a vat of yarrow tea and then pulled him out. And so the only part of his body that was not covered in yarrow tea was his ankle or his Achilles heel. And that's where an arrow went through and ended up killing him. Now, I think the more common story is that Achilles' mother did the same thing, but to protect him, dipped him in the river sticks and then pulled him out. But the arrow that shot through the Achilles heel was actually made from a stalk of yarrow. It was said that Achilles was given the knowledge of yarrow from Chiron uh, so that he could use it 
in battle to protect his fellow warriors in the Battle of Troy. So if that's the case, then it's likely his mother didn't dump him in the vat of Yarrow because then it would have already been known of. But supposedly Chiron, who is the, I think he's like the god that's part man, part horse, but he was the god of botany and plants and medicinal herbs. You know, and he's the one that brought the knowledge of the healing plants to the humans in the Greek myths. Um, that he was the one that gave this herb to Achilles. So in all of these stories, it's just very interesting that the, you know, it's Yarrow is associated with this ultimate warrior and is a symbol of both protection and invulnerability. And in the Civil War, it was used for when people were being amputate, having amputations it was a wash that was both pain relieving and would stop the bleeding. And it was still even used for wound healing in uh, World War I. There's this great herbal book that I'd like to read you a story out of. That The book is called Plants Have So Much to Give Us, All We Have to Do is Ask, Anishinaabe Botanical Teachings by Mary Cisip Geni Genius. Sorry, totally did not get that name right. It's G-E-N-I-U-S-Z. And it's edited by her daughter, Wendy McCoon's Genius. Um, and this book is really great if you ever can get your hands on it. It was published in 2015. And it's Mary, the author, was a student of an of a Anishinaabe wise woman whose nickname is Key, but her full name is Kiwe Dinakwe. An Anishinaabe Mashkikikwikwi, Anishinaabe Ojibwe medicine woman and ethnobotanist. And in this book, in the Yarrow chapter, Mary says that the Jesuit fathers in their letters home to their superiors, letters now called the Jesuit records, recorded in 1535 meeting the Wabanu, an Algonquin group in the east on the east coast. It was already an ancient sect when the Jesuits met them. Key remembered watching Wabanu ceremonies when she was a child. She said that the Wabanu, those who practice the Wabanuan religion, hold Wabanu Gans, which is the, the name for Yarrow, as their sacred medicine. According to what Key saw, the Wabanu made or make great use of fire in their ceremonies. They carried live coals swung around burning brands, walking across glowing coal beds, and jumped through flaming hoops, all with the aid of Yarrow. They would all but strip the land of the plant before their big ceremonies. They would make a big vat by digging a hole in the ground and lining the hole with skins, birch bark, or later tarps. Then they would make huge batches of yarrow infusion to pour into the vat. The participants would soak in the infusion all day in preparation for the nighttime ceremonies. The yarrow protected their skin so that the fire did not burn them. As a young girl, Kiwe Dinakwe was fascinated by the Wabanu. So I thought that was really interesting. It goes on uh, to say further down that yarrow toughens the skin. Fire and sword swallowers in the circus use it the way the Wabanu did, too. 
He's mother used to soak her hands in a yarrow and alum infusion before she wove baskets. She helped to feed her family by weaving baskets to sell to tourists. But someone told her that the use of plants, yarrow in particular, was an unchristian practice. After that, she stopped using the yarrow infusion, and she would weave until her hands bled onto the black ash strips. Then she would put on gloves and weave some more. I thought that was pretty interesting and beautiful and that there's a that similar story of you know being dipped in vats of yarrow to protect oneself so yarrow itself the word is supposedly from a word heros h-e-i-r-o-s which means sacred or uh, ceremonial magic because of its association and effects on the blood, which we'll get into, it was thought that it was also associated with the lifeblood, which is that the living essence that flows in the blood ourselves or the ego that flows through the blood. So not only our blood, but the life energy that also flows with the blood. And because of this, yarrow was often used as an amulet or a charm for protection. And it's also been known um, as a charm or divinatory tool for love. And then there was a species of in the Achillea genus of a type of yarrow in China that was used in the I Ching divinatory practices. So you would have your sticks of the I Ching that you would have fallen certain ways and that was how you could divine certain things that the book would tell you and it was yarrow stalks or stems that were used for that and i think in part because their stems are so stiff and abundant and the right size that you could cut easily but surely there is also a sacred or ceremonial association with the plant as well so not only is there all of this, you know, mythical ceremony and protection that this plant involves, and also other ways the plant was used for protection, you know, yarrow would be strung and bundles and hung over doorways. Many herbs were um, historically for protection, to protect against you know, evil, quote unquote, coming in through the house or spirits or unwanted energies. Um, it'd be hung over baby cradles. It was used in uh, wedding ceremonies classically. So Yarrow's just been there with humans from the beginning and used for both ceremony and medicine. It offers, it has such a diverse chemistry within it that offers us a huge array of medicine. It is, um, it's a very nice astringent, so it tightens mucous membranes and tissue, which can help um, with wound healing and helps to stop bleeding. And it just helps, you know, if there's diarrhea or excess mucus and discharge in the sinuses or the lungs. It's known to help reduce um, excess inflammation and to help relieve pain. It notably uh, stops bleeding, which is called, uh, herbs that do this are called styptics. And there are a couple alkaloids in the plant that specifically uh, increase the blood clotting time or the time that it takes for blood to clot. Plus, it also has other components like tannins that are astringent. So there's not just one reason why yarrow is an excellent at stopping bleeding, but there's multiple reasons. It's uh, also analgesic, which means it's pain relieving, on contact, very noticeably, you can either like chew a leaf or use the tincture 
or apply an infused oil topically. That is probably mostly due to the volatile oil content. If you ever are around yarrow and you just take a leaf and crush it into your fingers and smell it, you will notice that there is a very unique and strong smell to this plant. And there is a huge diversity of volatile oils within yarrow. These volatile oils are also antiseptic, very um, killing to a lot of different microbes, lots of different types of bacteria, including uh, uh, streps and staph infections, both. Also is antiviral, antifungal. Um, It's antispasmodic, so that means it helps to relieve cramping and muscle spasms. And that is also likely due mostly to the volatile oil content. So that could be, um, you know, cramping of the uterus, cramping of the intestines, cramping of uh, leg muscles, coughing, you know, like uncontrollable coughing, which would be spasms of the lungs. I believe I said it's antiviral, but I'll say it again because that is uh, something that's very important to take note of. So it helps our body to fight virus infections. It's decongestant. So for if you have a cold or a flu, not only could it be fighting the virus or if you have a bacterial infection, not only would it be fighting the bacteria, but it can also help to release, relieve some congestion that might be caused by them. Hepatoprotective is another property of yarrow. So that means it protects the liver. And it is, it does have a bitter taste property to it. So any herb that has a bitter nature to it or a bitter taste to it is going to have an effect on the liver as well as have an effect on the digestion. And yarrow is bitter. Vulnerary, it's a vulnerary. And so vulnerary basically means it helps to heal wounds and tissues both internally and externally, and yarrow is excellent at healing wounds, absolutely. It will heal them much faster and without any scarring. And I have noticed that mostly with the use of tincture and tincture washes on wounds. Plus, it will keep any infection out of the wound itself. Uh, Diaphoretic. So diaphoretic often is associated with uh, relieving fevers, but basically it helps carry heat, excess heat out to the extremities and blood out to the extremities. And it helps to relax the pores so the pores open and the heat can disperse out of the body. And then that can reduce a fever. I'll get into it a little bit more as we dive deeper into the abilities of yarrow. But Sometimes if you have a fever that is maybe already very high, you might not want to take yarrow to lower it because it will often raise a fever. It will increase the heat in the body before it releases it. So it might be too intense for children who already have a high fever. Something like um, I think of catnip or elderflower as being a little milder. Although the three of these herbs combined, yarrow, catnip, and elderflower, are kind of like a classic fever reducer tea blend that people often use. So not only is it a diaphoretic, but it is also known as a diuretic. And diuretic um, means that it helps the body to eliminate excess water from the body usually makes you pee a lot, right? And so a lot of times people say, well, if you want it for a diaphoretic action, you drink a really hot cup of tea, of yarrow tea, and that's going to you know, heat up the body and cause you to sweat. If you want the diuretic action, people say, well, drink a cold cup of tea, and it's going to have more of a diuretic action. 
So that's something to play around with if you're into experimenting. And again, it's used in divination and in wedding ceremonies and and protection ceremonies and rituals. So there again, there is so much that this plant has to offer us, and it's a common weed that grows right outside our back door. I can't wait to get into more details with you about how we can work specifically with this herb to help us in times of need and also how to make remedies with it. So stay tuned. I'll be right back in a minute or less and we'll get into it. many ways that yarrow can benefit us. And I hope that you see after this podcast why it's an herb that I make sure that I always have stock of both dried herb and tincture and sometimes even a topical oil. And I just, it would be, it's my number one herb to have on hand for medicine. There are other herbs that I'd like to have on hand for other reasons, but For acute remedy, yarrow is a great go-to for a variety of things. So we did a quick little um, overview, and now I kind of want to get into it a little deeper. So yarrow is one of the first herbs that I think of anytime I have an infection of some sort, whether it's a virus, a cold or a flu, a fever, whether I'm feeling like a chest, a bacterial infection, any sort of baddie that I want to fight off, I think of yarrow first. And I will usually go for a tincture at this point, although a tea is fine if that's all I have access to. And I just, I use a lot of it frequently at first, and it seems to really help to fight things off. I talked a bit about for fevers and how it's a diaphoretic and how, you know, this is is an herb that can kind of heat you up a little bit more before it breaks a fever. So again, just if you feel like you want to warm up It could be helpful to drink a warm cup of yarrow tea. Um, But if you already have like a really hot fever, use your best judgment, but maybe go slow with the yarrow because you don't want to raise the fever too high without it breaking, though hopefully it will help you break the fever. So they say, you know, drink your take, you know, drink your hot cup of yarrow tea, get in under the blankets, stay warm. And if you break a sweat, make sure that you stay warm after that and don't get chills and don't push yourself too hard after that. Still rest and take it easy. For the lungs, if you have some sort of a lung infection, coughing, um, you know, even if it's like kind of things feel kind of stuck and cold and damp in your lungs, then a Yarrow tea could help be, you know, warming and help break it up and fight some infection. You can even do a steam with the yarrow tea. So breathe it from the pot with a towel over your head to help get that steam direct contact. Those volatile oils, again, from the yarrow, those are antimicrobial and they can help break up mucus. So having them released in a steam and then breathing them in is going to be really beneficial. And you can do that both either with fresh yarrow flowers that you find right outside, or you can do that with dried plant material. Just bring a pot of water to boil and then throw some yarrow, a handful of yarrow in there, 
and cover it with a lid and let it steep for five minutes or so just so you know the you are releasing those volatile oils into the water and then you take the lid off and breathe in the steam that comes out yarrow because it has this antiseptic property and also diuretic property as i said which helps you urinate um and it has this astringent and toning property, it's known to have a real affinity for the urinary system. So if you have a urinary tract infection, or if you get chronic UTIs, or if you feel just like you need to fight any sort of infection that might be starting or that has been even brewing for a long time, then yarrow tea is probably going to be very effective and maybe even a cooler tea versus a hot tea. A tincture could also be helpful here too, um, but probably the tea would be more diuretic than the tincture. Any sort of digestive complaints really could be aided with yarrow, either tincture or tea. So if you're looking for a bitter to help aid digestion, to help get things going, if you kind of feel like your digestion is slow and logy and things just kind of sit around and aren't really moving or you get extra full or bloated feeling, then a little bit of yarrow tincture to before a meal or after a meal or in a cordial uh, could be very beneficial. If you tend to get gas or cramping, um, then it's also, yarrow is also known as a carminative, which helps to ease gas and spasms in the intestines. I hear this word carminative comes from the, I think it maybe is an Italian word, carmine, which means to sing. And so if you feel like you have gas that needs to be released, then carminative herbs, yarrow including, could help you sing out your gas, <laughs> so to speak. So any sort of aid, it has a mild laxative action to it, but um, I don't think it's anything to be too worried about in that regard, but just to kind of help get things moving. Okay, yarrow is so beneficial for the skin. Now, this is something that I have had definite personal experience with. So for any sort of uh, inflammation of the skin, pain, you know, wounds, definitely, but I'm thinking more in the realm of acne, then yarrow is so helpful. And a tincture made with the 100 proof vodka, or you could water down a, a, a tincture made of a higher grain alcohol and sprayed right on the skin. I mean, I really like the vodka instead because it's milder and gentler on skin than grain alcohol. But even if you make a tea of yarrow and use it as a wash or a spray, and but leave it on the skin, don't rinse it off. And it will make a nice toner and astringent but it will also fight any kind of infection that might be causing the acne. And it's going to be anti-inflammatory, so it could really kind of cut down the red. And if the acne has a lot of pain to it, again, it's pain relieving, so it can help ease the pain of the acne. All around really beneficial. And you can do it multiple times a day, but definitely before you go to bed in the evening, do a, like a yarrow spray on the face and then just lie down without washing it off or rinsing it off and do that multiple days in a row or until you start noticing improvements. And um, it can work really quickly. If you don't have a spray bottle, you can even just kind of pour some on a rag or a cotton swab and then rub it on. Although sometimes cotton swabs can be a little irritating, but depending on what skin is irritated really, really effective. You could also um, make a bath with the arrow tea. If you want to put your whole body in a bath or a part of your body in the bath or a sits bath that you kind of sit in. If you have 
oh, perineal tears after giving birth or hemorrhoids, um, even anal fissures, all these wonderfully, horribly unpleasant experiences or things to experience then. A sitz bath with yarrow tea could be very beneficial for you. Now for the mouth, yarrow, so great. So anything dealing with the teeth or the gums, um, cavities, um, gingivitis, um, even, um, uh, what's it called when you have disease, you know, you have like pockets under your teeth that the bacteria get into. So, um, that it can, that the pocket and then the bacteria like make the pockets bigger and then they get in there deeper and they start eating away at the bone and you can lose teeth from it. And I've heard of really great stories of people being able to, even if you can somehow like, if you have really deep holes, if you can, um, use a syringe of some sort, not, you don't want to inject it with a needle, but if you can, you know, push so that you get the yarrow tea or tincture, probably tincture would be a little bit better with hundred proof vodka. So it's not irritating down into the hole. It can kill the bacteria on contact and the astringent and the, the toning nature can slowly help to close up those holes and make it so that it's harder for the bacteria to get a hold, hold of. Um, you can brush your teeth with yarrow tincture. You can just spray some or drop some on your toothbrush and brush your teeth with it instead of toothpaste. You can use it as a mouthwash, um, the yarrow tincture mixed with a little bit of water, especially if you have gums that bleed really easily or chronic bleeding gums, yarrow mouthwash would be really beneficial or even you could soak some gauze um, or some sort of rag or tissue with the yarrow tincture and then hold it on to the gum to help stop the bleeding and tone the tissue and heal the tissue the wounds bad breath it can help to relieve bad breath because again it has these volatile oils um, gum disease. I guess that's what it's called. Gum disease. When you have those, those big deep holes with the bacteria in there, reseeding gums again, because it has this really astringent nature to it. Toothaches. You can just take your little spray bottle of Euro tincture and spray it on a toothache and it should help relieve the pain and fight infections. It's not necessarily going to stop a cavity in its tracks. Like there are some things that dentists are really important to have to take care of, but this can help to slow a cavity from grown from getting worse. Inflamed gums, basically like any sort of mouth issue. First thing you want to think of is yarrow. Tincture, tea, mouthwash, what have you. You can even, worst case scenario, you, you know, you're out in the woods hiking for days on end. You're out in the wild, you get a toothache and all you have are wild yarrow growing around you. You can just take a leaf and chew on it or hold it in your mouth. Same with um, sore throats. Again, kind of linking back to colds and flus, but also in the mouth here, any sort of sore throat yarrow spray on the, on the throat or a yarrow tea or even just chewing a yarrow flower it reminds me of one summer I was camping on an island off the coast here and I started getting a sore throat and again there's you know beautiful yarrow that grows along the shoreline and I just took a flower head and kept it in my mouth pretty much all evening and kind of chewed on it and kind of tucked it inside my, um, this, my cheek and just kind of held it there and chewed it some more and, you know, just kind of got the volatile oils in contact with my saliva so that it could drip down my throat. And it totally 
made my sore throat go away. The next day I felt totally fine. So that was great. Um, you could also do like a yarrow infused honey or a yarrow syrup for sore throats and probably even coughs. Um, so to make a yarrow honey, you just, you know, chop up some yarrow flowers and maybe some leaves and put them in a jar and then pour some honey on top of it and stir it in, stir it around, then pour some more honey on top so that you eventually have a jar that has yarrow flowers and honey and the honey covers the yarrow flowers. You don't want yarrow flowers sticking up out of the honey because it could uh, mold. But, and actually yarrow is nice to mix with honey because it doesn't have a huge amount of water content but it does have those volatile oils. And then you can just take a spoonful of your yarrow honey and put it in a teapot or put it in a cup and pour boiling water over it and then make a nice sweet syrupy yarrow tea that you can sip on anytime you feel a cold or a cough or a sore throat. It's like having in the middle of the winter having fresh yarrow and honey right available to you because the honey um, helps to preserve the fresh yarrow and all those volatile oils. Another realm that yarrow really works with in the body is with blood, as I referred to a little bit earlier. And it has this amphoteric effect. And amphoteric is a fun word to say and um, kind of alludes to the fact that so many herbs, but yarrow especially, um, has effects in both directions. So it's more of a modulating effect. So if you, for example, um, an amphoteric effect on blood pressure was, would be if you have, uh, if you need to have your blood pressure lowered, it can help move that way. If it needs to be raised a little bit, it can move you in that direction. It doesn't have one specific action where no matter what, it's going to lower your blood pressure, whether you need it or not. And that's kind of, that's what drugs do. But herbs, because there's such a diverse amount of chemistry, not just one specific focus of chemistry, there's a myriad, and then our body can kind of pick and choose what it needs to work with. Um, so yarrow, again, has an amazing ability to stop bleeding. But at the same point in time, it has an amazing ability that can help to get kind of blood in the body moving and to break up stagnant blood, quote unquote, stagnant blood or blood that's kind of pooling like in varicose veins or hemorrhoids. It can help to normalize blood flow and blood pressure. It's able to tone the blood vessels and dilate the capillaries so it can help to improve blood pressure in either direction. It helps the blood flow out to the extremities and as we know um, in its ability as a diaphoretic, as we talked about how it can kind of bring heat and blood out to the surface of the body in the extremities. It's able to modulate menses and potentially um, either bring on a period or if you have super light periods or super light blood, it can um, it can kind of help to bring that on. But it could also, if you have like really heavy flow periods, it can kind of lessen, lessen that um, and make it so you don't feel like you're bleeding out essentially. Um, it, because it has this effect on the uterus and it can even ease menstrual cramps again, because it's antispasmodic and pain relieving, which is great, but it tends to be an herb that they say, you know, if you're pregnant, definitely use caution and you probably don't want to use it in super large quantities, small amounts every once in a while, or, you know, just be cautious and pay attention. I wouldn't say if you have a cup of yarrow tea, you know, you're doomed. But if you are drinking like 
large quantities of super strong, strong yarrow tea, you would want to be careful or taking large amounts of yarrow tincture. Eh, it has been known to, at least in one case, to cause some spotting when a woman was pregnant. And I did read somewhere else that, um, you know, you can overdo it if you overdo it with yarrow. I think it would take a lot to overdo it with yarrow, but it could potentially, you know, cause an early labor, but that you'd probably throw up <laughs> because you would have taken in so much yarrow that it would make you throw up before it would do that to your body. So it might be hard to actually consume that much yarrow to have that effect because your body would throw it up because it would be like, no, this is way too much. What are you doing? But just something to be aware of and not to overdo it with. And so for the ability for it to stop bleeding and as a styptic, um, this can be done in a lot of different ways. I think almost the best way is just with a fresh leaf and chewing it up and making a spit poultice. So you chew up the leaf and then take it back out of your mouth and stick it on a wound and it will stop the bleeding. Um, absolutely. Unless there was only one time where I had a hard time with that, but it was because I was using um, the only yarrow. I, so I was gardening and I got sliced by a type of pine tree that had these really hard spines on it that someone had planted in their yard. It wasn't your typical white pine that grows here. And it was right on uh, part of my the part of my finger that a crease of the finger. So I was wanted to keep working, but it just, it was so deep and it just kept bleeding. And first I couldn't find, I tried plantain and that didn't work. That didn't stop the bleeding. So I was looking for yarrow everywhere. And the only place I could find it on this property was on their beach. But if you ever taste plants that grow on the beach, it's like the yarrow that was growing on the beach was like a completely different plant. It was more of succulent and very salty and it looked like yarrow but it did not taste like yarrow the volatile oils were definitely diluted in it and it really didn't have that effect um for me in that moment from that from the coastline there and what so what i side note what i did up end up using was usnea and that usnea lichen and that worked like a dream that stopped the ble bleeding immediately and is also anti-infective. But normally, if I'm gardening and I injure myself and I get a blood a bloody wound that won't stop bleeding, if I can find some yarrow, just chewing it up and sticking it on, the bleeding stops immediately. Um, another thing that people do and that I have done is you can dry some yarrow leaves and flowers and then grind it up and make a fine powder. And you can uh, use it as a styptic powder on, but I would only do that on like a surface wound, not a very deep wound and not a very serious situation, but if it wouldn't stop bleeding. So the one time that I found this like the most effective is I was shaving my leg and I think I was using a dull razor and I wasn't really paying attention and right up the shin bone, just took it all off. <laughs> it was horrible. And it was because of where it was, it just I wouldn't stop bleeding. I was like, okay, this is like the perfect opportunity to try all my yarrow. So first I tried yarrow infused oil and that did not stop the bleeding. And so then I used a yarrow tincture and that did not stop the bleeding. It just because of just, it was just where it was, it just nothing would stop it. So finally I found my yarrow powder and I sprinkled it on and it stopped the bleeding immediately, which was awesome. Um, like even applying pressure with, um, with like a bandage wasn't really stopping the bleeding. But the yarrow powder stopped it immediately. But then on my leg where the wound was, I basically had the, the powder turned black from the blood. Uh, the blood combined with the powder just turned black and it just looked like this horrible black scar. And, Luckily, it wasn't a deep wound. It was just very surface. So it, the powder and the blood kind of made its own scab. 
um, it was not pretty, but it worked. And then it all just kind of peeled off when it was ready to. But the problem with these styptic powders in any other kind of wound is that it, they can become irritating. Yes, they can stop the bleeding in an emergency situation, which is great. But then after that, then you have this wound that needs to be cleaned out and it has this plant powder. You know, eventually you, as your wound heals, it will heal the powder out of it because it heals from the inside out. But the powder still can kind of be irritating to the wound. Um, so yes, it stops the bleeding, but it can still be an irritant. So I've kind of, I don't really use it so much. Although I have found it really effective that styptic powder for nosebleeds. So if I get a bloody nose, then I'll just like use it as snuff and just like sniff it a little bit, the powder up my bloody nose and it will stop the bleeding immediately, which is awesome. Um, and you don't see it, you don't, you know, cause it's up in, in the nose. And then usually like an hour or two later, you just kind of blow your nose and the powder and the old dry blood comes out and it's all fine and not a big deal. So that's helpful. Although you also, I hear people, if you get a bloody nose and you have access to a fresh leaf, you can just kind of squish it up and stuff it up your nose and it will help to stop the bleeding as well. But then you have a yarrow leaf up your nose, a wadded up yarrow leaf, no big deal. So lots, lots of things to play with there, but it's nice to always have some type of yarrow in your first aid kit. Absolutely. Um, okay, moving on. So yarrow, um, although I know actually I do want to say one more thing about the wound healing is another story I had as my boyfriend was in a car accident and it was a relatively minor car accident, but he came home and he had a split lip and some other scratches and wounds on him. And I immediately, of course, got out the yarrow tincture and basically covered it, all of his wounds with the yarrow tincture. And again, the tincture is in 100 proof vodka, so it doesn't sting. If it was in grain alcohol, it probably would sting and you would want to dilute it with water. But the vodka is a lot milder on the skin and on wounds and doesn't sting much. <clears throat> But the split lip that he had, I would think it was split enough that it looked like it would warrant maybe some sort of a stitch or something. But instead, we just continually applied yarrow tincture for a few days and it healed totally, very quickly, no infection and no scarring. And I was really impressed with how well it worked. So... Again, a great first aid kit herb. So we talked about the fact that it's bitter and that it helps to support the liver and the liver functions. Um, it could also help with hormone health because our liver is so tied with hormone health and it also would help with digestive support because of those bitters. Sore muscles and joints, uh, topically, it can help to ease that. So for that, I would make a massage oil infused with yarrow flowers and leaves. So I would chop up a bunch of fresh yarrow flowers and leaves into tiny pieces and put them in a jar, cover them with uh, just like a light olive oil or a plain olive oil and let it sit for four weeks and strain it out making sure that there's no water bubbles at the bottom of your jar. So sometimes you have to pour your water, your oil off of any water that's on the bottom of the jar a couple times, let it settle. Again, if you have bubbles of water at the bottom of your jar, jar pour it off again. Um, and then one of my other and final favorite things to do with a yarrow tincture is to use it as an insect repellent and the army I believe it was the uh, United States Army did a scientific study comparing both catnip and DEET and yarrow and DEET 
and they both were just as effective as the DEET. You just have to reapply more frequently. And again, they help to repel ticks and biting insects, mosquitoes, what have you. I have um, done the spray where you can just spray the tincture on your ankles or on your clothes or, you know, on your neck. Um, in really bad mosquito situations, I have soaked um, like a cotton swab w with the yarrow tincture and then kind of stuck it in my bra strap so it was right near my neck and my face and even kind of wiped my face with it. And that really helped keep the mosquitoes away, especially if you wear a hat too. Um, very helpful. And then anytime, anytime I get a tick bite or my daughter gets a tick bite, anytime we take a tick off of ourselves, we always put yarrow tincture on that tick bite, bite multiple times afterwards to help uh, potentially fight off Lyme or any other potential bacteria that that tick could be trying to pass on to us. So I'm not saying it's a cure for Lyme or that it will totally work because I did one time get Lyme um, and I was using the Yarrow tincture and I still got the Lyme, but I think that... Um, in that case, you just go and get the antibiotic and it went away, thankfully. But at least um, it was a good first line of defense. So when I harvest yarrow, I like to find it in full bloom before the flowers start to turn brown at all. And I harvest the whole stem and the flower because, you know, if you harvest halfway up the stem, it's not necessarily going to branch out and make more flowers like some flowers do, especially in the mint family. But the yarrow, you might as well just harvest it at the ground, one stem, and you can leave a couple stems still per plant. So you don't want to harvest the whole plant, although you can. And it will regrow you just because there will still be leaves at the base on the ground level. But you want the whole stem, the leaves on the stem, and the flower is what I like to work with. And you can either hang it to dry or lay it out in a basket to dry, um, chop it up into small pieces, put it in a jar, pour, you know, fill the jar lightly packed with the yarrow and then pour 100 proof vodka to fill the jar covering the yarrow and then cover it with a tight lid, let it sit for six weeks and then it's good to go. You can strain it out and use it as you will. That's what I like to do with the yarrow and then it's really easy to spread yarrow around if you find any yarrow that has some dead flower heads that have already started to go to seed you can just harvest those flower heads with the seeds and then spread spread them wherever you want yarrow to grow so just take those dead flower heads and kind of scrunch them up in your hand and rub them so that they kind of crumble into pieces on the ground especially if it's bare dirt and guaranteed next spring you will have yarrow growing there. So if you do that in the fall and let it, you know, kind of set in for the winter, let it grow, and it's a perennial. So it'll come back year after year in the same spot, which is great. So I hope that you are inspired. I hope that this intrigues you. I hope that you would like to make a yarrow tincture this summer and dry some for some yarrow tea. Um, you could even dry some and smoke the leaves and the flowers if you wanted or to burn it as a smoke. And I've even heard and would love to try if someone makes some beer with some yarrow instead of hops in it. I think it would be a really interesting, lovely beer um, to try. So give it a whirl, go out, connect with Yarrow, see what you can offer each other. And thank you so much for listening. If you enjoy this podcast, I would love it if you would 
rate, review, and subscribe. That helps me out. That helps other people find this podcast and the information that I enjoy sharing with you. If you want to find more from me, check me out on Instagram, Facebook, or my website. Um, all of those uh, you can find with the Soledago Herb School tag. I'm also um, the Healthy Herb Podcast on Instagram. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Bridget Doherty. Until next week, be well, let intuition guide you, and have fun with herbs. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.